my Heidi Mikey, Tene Hotaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman with you. Happy Friday. National Oral Health Day today, and one leading New Zealand dentist gives us his verdict. Actually, I'll tell you now, he says it's appalling. How appalling? I want to know. Also this afternoon, a shortage of paramedics means St John is shifting ambulances between regions on a weekly basis. We talk about that. And just how this justice system should deal with children and teenagers remains a complex question. Is 10 too young to be in court? In other countries, it's older than 10, not here. A campaign has started to raise awareness on that. And also this afternoon, should you be allowed to paint your house, even if it's a duck egg blue, a code red, or should you stay with your tasteful neutrals? One person at the Mount painted her whole house red. It's upset a lot of people. You can text me at 2101. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. Our wonderful panel this afternoon is brand strategist Anna Dean. Kia ora, Anna. In person. Hello, Wallace. It's what a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And I have to say, I was just yeah. on the Uber here, yeah. and I would love... Uh, Neil asked me to say that he thinks you're the man. Oh, really? Don't get that often. And he wants to know if you're from Rotorua. <laughs> <laughs> he was sure you were from Rotorua. I was like, I don't think so. You know, I spent um, a few days there a few weeks ago. Could that be it? Was there something I picked up from that few-day trip? Perhaps, I don't know. Perhaps. So what do I say to Neil? I say, Neil, this afternoon, thank you for being part of our audience, our wonderful, wonderful audience. Kia ora, Neil. Also with us, uh, it's only started because we are. We also have the pleasure of having Connor English. Now, he's the president of Esports NZ, former head of Fed Farmers. Connor, welcome to the panel. It's great to be here, Wallace. Very good indeed. Now, let's kick off Friday afternoon and dip into... Our Friday Malbec. Actually, first up, before that, can I just say, on a personal note, happy 10th anniversary today to my wonderful wife, Tabitha. It's been a wonderful and crazy ride, and thanks for being my partner and friend in life. So, Tabitha, if you are listening, hi, (laughs) 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 and and happy anniversary. Are you cooking tonight, Wallace? (laughs) Oh, good question. And you put me on the spot. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) What should I do? Anyway, um, tipping. We talked about that uh, yesterday. Is it time to have a conversation on that? Anne says, a born and raised Kiwi, I am totally against tipping. It is a ubiquitous way of keeping wages low and expecting tips. Good service and decent wages should not rely on tipping. Another one says, Wallace, a tip is just a tax-free subsidy for the employer. It's a terrible idea. This is your worst opinion I've heard. Of course, the North American model could become entrenched here. Why ever not? Uh, Karen says, wonderful and faved. Happy to leave extra money when I've come away with a great experience. Tipping should be my choice, not making up a shortage on their wage. So I came on and said, um, is, is, is it and a time to have a conversation about, uh, you know, Costs are high. If you want to tip on top of uh, the wage they're getting now, why the heck not? What do you reckon? Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one, to be honest. I mean, 
always, if there's fantastic service, I'm happy to give someone a little bit extra. But I am more in support of um, employees uh, employers providing the living wage. There's certain cafes in Wellington that do that. There's certain cafes around the place. And I go specifically to them to give my custom because I want to help their, their staff in that way. Yeah. What about you, Connor? Uh, well, look, you know, you go to the States and they have an expectation that you're going to tip and that's their culture there. But it's also just the reality because they pay their staff so little. You know, they're paying them three or four bucks an hour. Our minimum wage is 20 bucks an hour. So if they don't get a tip, they don't get to take much home. So I don't think we want that sort of society where we pay people absolutely nothing and then rely on tips for them to earn an income. I'm not, I'm not talking about that type of... I'm not talking about a $2 an hour society. I'm talking about um, re- rewarding really good service, Anna, on top of the living wage. Here, here's, here's 20 bucks. I think it is a nice idea. It's a nice thing to do. But right. as you say, we don't want to rely on it. Yeah. Okay. And showering. We talked about showering. Now, yesterday on the show, we debated whether or not it's necessary to have a shower every single day. One listener, Shirley, who grew up in Birmingham, has just one shower a week combined with a couple of visits to her local pool. Here's what she had to say. Growing up in Birmingham, back-to-back housing, if you wanted to go for a shower... You got some change, you went on the bus, and you went to the public baths once a week. But you're not you know? in Birmingham anymore. You're in Aotearoa 2022, oh. and you want to have your lovely warm shower, 7 a.m. in the morning. You get up fresh. No. You, no? no? No, 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 no. It's not good for, but not good for your body. And I remember my mum telling me, it's not good for your body. You've got, you, you got, you got lovely bodily oils and so forth. And it's not it's not really good for your body to be showering every day. I, it would drive me mad. What do you reckon, Anna? think that some people in the northern hemisphere that I've met um, don't seem to shower as much. I tend, I love showering every day. It's my best thinking time. I'm all for it. Okay, you can have your thinking time somewhere else. You live in Golden Golden Bay. Think elsewhere, not the shower. What about you, Connor? Uh, Look, I need to have a shower to get the motor running, really, uh, every day. And I think it's probably been 10 years since I haven't had a shower. Probably. Now, can you just rephrase that? It sounded like <laughs> you haven't had one for 10 years. No, no, I've had a shower every day. Oh. For, it's probably once in 10 years that I haven't had a shower. So okay. uh, okay. Not, not that I haven't, it's not that I haven't had a shower for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Good grief. You'd smell me from, uh, from there if, if I hadn't had a shower for 10 years. Good grief. Yeah. How many panels does Wallace need to talk about shower frequency? Well... <laughs> Many. It's just a start. No, because Professor Sally Bloomfield uh, of the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, it's not actually such an insignificant issue. She, she said it is not that important for our overall, overall health. There's one caveat. Wash your hands daily. And I just wanted to put it out there. Just as a little exercise in life. Very important. Yeah, very good. Now, let's move on then to um, buses. Jock Anderson <coughs> said how good the bus service was in Edinburgh and, by the way, light rail. It's a city of half a million people, and they, he said they have extraordinary bus services. And he was a hater of light rail until he lived 
in Edinburgh. He said, Wallace, it blows my mind. And Simon writes, back when councils ran the services, although there were annual awards negotiated between the unions and the council services mostly ran fine, the system in place now will continue to cause cancellations while the tendering process still exists. Also, the refusal for the bus companies to want to pay a decent wage, even when the government offered to give the money as occurred in Wellington some months ago, shows a situation will occur again. It seems to me that a council, that a return to the council running the services as it was years ago uh, will be the way uh, to go. Do you, are you a bus taker, Anna, or not so much? No, I mean, having lived you know, on and off in Wellington for 20 years, I, I tended to walk or to actually be able to get around that way. I know whenever I come to Auckland, I use far too many cars, uh, Zoomy or Uber, um, mm-hmm. because the bus system here, I mean, everybody complains about it right. a lot. Yeah. Uh, Connor? Well, I walked to work this morning, uh, Wallace, so uh, I rarely take a bus. I either walk or or take a car. Okay. Uh, By the way, uh, on the house colour issue, already a really big response. Barbara says, do not get me started on house colours. Villas painted blinding white, losing the definition. Boring. It's horrible. I love to see colour on a villa. In fact, I might start putting it out now, thank you. Cards in the letterboxes for those who use colour. Um, happy anniversary, Wallace. Don't care what colour people can't paint their house. What is worse when neighbours want to build one metre from the boundary? So, yes, colour of the house later on. And tackle height to be reduced dramatically in community rugby. Mikel says all the damage to players has been a consequence of allowing tackled players to pass the ball and allowing players to use their hands instead of rucking. Passing the ball after being tackled forced players to tackle high to wrap up the ball. Allowing players to pick the ball out of the tackle with their hands forces players to bend over, resulting in head contact. The people behind the game have continually changed rules when they should have gone back to uh, the fundamentals. So, thank you uh, for that. And... I have a poem, finally, a poem from Ray. And, you know, I haven't read a poem for a long time on the panels. Here it goes. Listen up, Mr Wallace. Penny Ashton is right. Those scaremongering journos are trying to give us all a fright. Say sorry to Penny and admit she's right. And don't believe those horrid journos trying to give us a fright. We're watching you, Wallace, so mind what you say. We don't need those pesky journos to spoil our day. Thank you, Ray. Don't know what that's about. And Anne says, Wallace, I just want to say I love your show. When I first started, I thought you were really annoying. (laughs) Interrupting all the time. I didn't get you. I just needed to get on your wavelength. You're hilarious. Never change. Going to bed and dreaming of your shoes on lay-by. I love it. Anyway, sorry for not liking you. I was wrong. (laughs) Keep up the good work. And this show... Was that your wife? What? Was that your wife that sent that in? No, it's Ant. <laughs> and this whole show is dedicated to you. And Neil. Perfect. Good on you. Very good. It's time for I've Been Thinking. Who shall we start with? You know what? I'm going to go with Connor now. You oh, start, Connor. Okay. What's your right IBT? Right. Um, well, it's look, what I've been thinking about is, is our sports people and the role models and heroes that they can be for us. And, and what prompted me to think about this was... <clears throat> Actually, a guy who's uh, our nephew, who is the um, one of the Olympic gold medalists in the, in the rowing at the last oh, Olympics, and he wow. came and, and spoke at a thing for my uh, gorgeous wife, uh, Silver Eye Series thing, and just talked about what it took 
to win an Olympic gold medal. And one of the numbers he used that really blew me away was he said, how many strokes do you think it took um, of practice for every stroke in the final? And it turns out he's done hundreds of, well, he's done thousands of kilometres of practice over the previous six years. And it actually, he'd done about 35 million strokes. So for every stroke he took in the final, it was 18,000 strokes that they had to do in order to be good enough to win a gold medal. And I just think those guys are an absolute um, inspiration and just the discipline, the focus, the culture, you know, the the sheer belief is just amazing. I often think about that. I too went to a conference many years ago and uh, an Olympian, uh, she was up on stage and I just couldn't get over the performative aspect of uh, being such a high-level pro and also the absolute stress and the mental stress because it's performance at its height, isn't it, Connor? Yeah, and, and, and look, I remember when he was a little boy, and he wasn't much as a little boy to, without being rude about him, but he's, um, you know, he's he's really done well in his life. So uh, I think it's an inspiration to see Good people come through and achieve those heights. Kia ora, kia ora Connor. All right, uh, Anna Dean, I've been thinking... Well, um, similar to that note around sports people making a difference, I've been thinking about the power of comedians and particularly our, our comedians here in New Zealand yep. because I've been thinking really about pornography. Okay. And I'm in a web series which is being launched on Monday with Chris Parker and Eli Matthewson, which is all about um, updating and, and changing the conversation around pornography in New Zealand. And I'm so uh, grateful that these that these young men are doing it. It's it's going to be on the spin-off, and it's really doing what? they're doing this investigation. Right. Yeah, and they um they they've they've wanted to change their attitude and their their shame and their their actually see what's happening in the landscape these days because things have changed massively since the pandemic. I had a whole lot of bias around that topic when they first approached me. I was like, oh, gross, I don't want to be involved with something like that. But I found that a lot of my stereotypes existed probably from the 80s. So it's going to be really interesting to see this actually come to light and the conversation that is shared around it. And it's that beauty of comedians to actually find taboo subjects. Yeah, they find taboo subjects and they shine a light because in an area like that where when you leave it in the dark and you don't talk about it it just becomes so open to exploitation as we've seen in the past so I'm I'm on this precipice where we're all really excited and um, I urge people to look at it it's from 12 o'clock on Monday good on you Whereabouts? On the spin-off. Yeah. On the spin-off. Mm. And it's Eli Matthewson. And Chris Parker. And Chris, very funny. It's called very funny, aren't they? Chris and Eli's um, Porn Revolution. Yep. And yesterday we did a, a stunt on K Road where we updated boobs on bikes yep. to balls on e-bikes. Oh, very good. Very good. So, yes. Keep an eye out for that one, everybody. Oh, well, you know, you might update me too because my Friday night, um, pleasure, you know what it is? What's that? Monty Don walking through an Italian garden. Oh. That's my thing. Anyway, Anna Dean and Connor English with me this afternoon. Happy Friday.